You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Kanye West reportedly paying about 150000 per day. Why? Because he's he's been living in Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium ever since he uh, he had a, a sneak preview of his new upcoming album. And I'm sorry if I missed Donda, Donda. Whatever it's called, uh, I, I don't want Kanye West people coming at me because they, they're lethal, man. They're, yeah. they're serious. Either way, this is where I'm getting to with this because the, the man had another listener party. So, obviously, he's still there. And then uh, to, going around the Twitter world, the MLS team from Atlanta had a team uh, a game in which he was spotted in the same clothes that he had from the first listener party. So, I don't know where, I don't know where he's getting with this. Now, all of a sudden, they show like... The little, it looks, I mean, it looks like a half of a half of an office where he's living in. And, and they show that, I guess, I don't know, to show that he, I don't know, that it's a struggle in there. I don't know that he, that he's focused or whatever the case is. I'm not sure, but all I know is that, that preseason is, is close to us and the Falcons are going to need that back. Yeah. They, <laughs> how does that work? Does he just like use their locker rooms and their showers, you know, and the players <laughs> are just standing there and Kanye's brushing his teeth, you know, he's using the big industrial size washing machines and washing his clothes every day. Like, is that what's going on? He goes to the concessions in his yeah. underwear, just, <laughs> and buys a hot dog, just tidy whitey. Just you're like, Kanye, what, what do you put a doing? robe on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't just, he just opens drinks and puts them back in the fridge. What are you doing? Honestly, it just, I get it. At first, it was like, all right, where is he going with this? But now it's like, you got to move around, bro. <laughs> Supposedly, it's gotten up to about $2 million what, he, what, he, what he's had to pay in accommodations to live there. $150,000. It's like, come on. <laughs> Let's just get on with this album. It's so Kanye, though, right? I mean, he has so much money, he can really do whatever he wants. It if must you be see, nice. If you go to Twitter and you see the last video uh, of his last, uh, I guess, private uh, listening party, um, he does a thing where he <laughs> he levitates. It's, it's crazy because it's not a. I don't think it's no stunt double. A step, a devil, you know, you're all thinking Kanye. You wild for this? So they basically suspend him while these 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 things and and the song comes on. It looks like he's he's rising into the to the and he's way up there in the stadium. And he just hangs up there. The people are taping it and they're like, oh my god. I'm thinking, all right. Let's just, let's just let's just release the album. What happened to Golden going back to back in the day to Sam Goody? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know going to Best Buy and and you could get them for about fourteen ninety nine. You'd go in there and you buy the new album. I forget what they drop on Tuesdays. They always maybe? drop on Tuesdays. And remember the packaging on the CDs like back in the day. The there'd be like that thing. big. Yeah, yeah. I remember a guy would shoplift at a at a Best Buy. I caught him. I, I was I, I was working there and and this idiot he would just stick them all in his in his thing. And he he had heard someone else was was opening them up, so after work we'd go to the uh the, to the back and we'd find a bunch of of those things, but they were open and they would take the case out. Well, this idiot he, he stuffed his pants. He was new. He stuffed his pants with the whole plastic thing. Oh no! It's like come on, you know that's not going to work. They d d d d d go off. I think it, no, actually it was at Circus City. You remember Circus City? I do. That's where it was. It was old school. This is old school. It goes to, to show you how old I am. That was one of my first jobs. Good old Circuit City. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're all basically gone now. And I mean, Best Buy's still around, but Circuit City's gone. And remember when Best Buy had like a, a music store, like inside their store for a while? It would be like a, a guitar center in the corner of Best Buy. They tried that for a little while, and, and I don't think that really worked for them. But yeah, man, it's different. People buy everything on Amazon now, or they stream their music. 
713-780-3776. What is the name of Ramon uh, Loriano? What, what is that? What's the first thought? Cheater. <laughs> like, before this, what was the first thought? Oh, yeah, he's no. talking about cheaters, right? Of course. Like, I didn't. I'm not gonna say I didn't know who he was before he started talking or, or, or sending smoke this way, but I didn't really care for him, right? But after that, it kind of and after the the mini brawl that that never was, you know, I just I was like, man, I I dislike that guy. And whenever I saw that name pop across the screen, and I opened it up so quick, I said, this this is gonna get good. After all this, after all the shots, I mean, after. After he was begging, you know, to to everyone to let's let's gang up on the Astros. These cheaters, they got to be held account- they accountable. They need to be suspended. Yeah. Suspended. Well, I'm a trends guy, right? Uh, I, I I live off of them. I, I look for things that are a hundred or, cl- or close to you know fifty five, sixty percent. A trend in baseball, though, a hundred percent trend that no baseball player that ever gets caught for PDs admits that he 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 doesn't know how he got into his body. Yeah. Is what he said. I don't know how the hell this got in here. That's what they always say, right? 100% trend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a tainted supplement. You know, we, we hear all kinds of stuff. Quote, I would never knowingly ingest any banned substance and put the game that I've loved all my life at risk. Pull out a violin, why don't you? Yeah. When I found that I tested out uh, positive for what, Nandrolone, I was shocked. I take great care of my body and I have an extremely regimented diet. Based on the minuscule amount that was briefly in my body, I've learned that it's likely that it was contamination of something that I ingested. Uh-huh. Contamination. What? You hanging yep. with Dwayne Brown? Yep. <laughs> going, going to Mexico and eating meat? Uh, just, come on. I've been educated about PDs through the RBI program and Baseball Factory while growing up. I know I don't need any of that. Stop right there. I was done. I'm like, come on, man. Play, play that violin for someone else at this point. It's funny because how many of these guys now you start judge? Whenever, whenever you saw him come out, and he, you know, the Astros should be held accountable. And then every time the Yankees get caught for something, they don't ever mention anything. No. So at this point, like I said, I'm done with it. I've already told you, Astro fan out there, don't, if you show up tomorrow at work and someone's the Dodger fan walks in with his hat and he says something about cheater, who cares? Just, just who cares? Just put on the put on the cape already, you know, yeah. the, or the mask. I mean, put on the put on the evil mask and say who gives who gives a damn at this point? It is what it is. Yeah, I I love Joey Votto coming out on the Dan Patrick show, and they asked you know Joey if it's time to stop booing the Astros, and he's like, yeah. He's like, you know, the idea that they were the only ones doing something like this is is ridiculous to me. And he talked about how much he likes Jose Altuve, and you know how they like to talk hitting, and how you know. Altuve said that he didn't take part in it, and he believes him. So, you know, finally somebody with some sense is talking about this. But, you know, Dodger fan, Yankee fan, they'll never let it go. They really think they got cheated out of a World Series. Like, they really believe that. All right, let's play devil advocate. If it was the other way around, would 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 a Astros fan, knowing that they, they don't have any titles at all, right, to say they didn't have that title, how long would Astros fan hold it against Dodgers? You know, like, yeah, you feel, like let's think about that. If you're out there listening right now, seven one three seven zero three seven seven six. How long? I think it'd be a little bit more rough because at least the Dodgers had more uh, history. It was a yeah. long time ago, but still, it was there. For an Astros fan that never had anything, say they got cheated out of that one, and they're thinking, "Come on, we're the Astros. We're not even supposed to be there." When when you think that Astros fan feels slightly worse. Oh, I think they would. But there's also, you have to pay attention to how the game's played out. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, especially the Yankees, they struggled mightily to score any runs for those games that were in Houston. And that didn't have anything to do with the sign-stealing scandal. They just they didn't hit well. The Astros had really good pitching. That's why they lost. I, mean, they, I think they got shut out in that final uh, game of that series in 2017. And with the Dodgers, you know, we know what McCullers and Charlie Morton did. You know, they, they just didn't win. But they don't see it that way. They, they think they were cheated. They think they were cheating on the road at home. They think they were wearing buzzers. So the reality doesn't really matter to them. Is it at this point towards the players, though? Or is it a matter of forever this is in just into the franchise? Because we've seen that they're booing players that aren't, weren't even there. Some of the fans don't even know. They just know that they wear those Astros colors. They see that orange. And they're like, all right, boo. Who's coming into town? Yeah, let's go boom. Is it a matter of no matter what... We go, where we go in life, it could be 10 years from now. It's going to be your kids' kids, and they're going to say, no, this is – we remember that. It's the, the matter of, of being able to envision some grown men around a, a, a trash can, is that always going to sit yeah. in, as, and as, an, as an arguing point, no matter what the Astros do, because we've seen consistently after that they've been up there. They're still the best-hitting team in the, in, the, in the MLB, right? They're still up there. They're still competitive. They're still making their runs. It's still fresh, though. So we say, okay, 15 years from now, what if they win one, one more in the next decade or something? And baseball is hard to win, especially for, yeah. for a smaller team like this. Let's say they win one in the next 10 years, like nothing, and they make runs, and they make the playoffs the next seven out of the 10 years. However the case is, it's never going to go away. No, because. I blame it on the commissioner. He's he's letting the Astros take the fall for this. And, I mean, they're still hiding this Yankee letter that hasn't been, you know, unsealed. So I, I blame Major League Baseball. But, you know, I, I pulled it up right here. The 2017 ALCS against the Yankees and the four games that were at home, the Astros' four home games at Minute Maid, the Yankees scored a total of three runs in the four home games. Four home games, three runs. Yeah. Who wins games like that? You don't win. They didn't hit the ball. That's why they lost. They didn't score any runs. So I'm just so tired of hearing it because if you look at the numbers, you can see that wasn't the Astros winning because of sign stealing. The Yankees just couldn't score any runs. Three runs in four games. That's in that awesome lineup. Come on. That's terrible. Do we get to a point to where we start measuring the level of childish or, or, or pettiness of, or the way they took to cheating? What's worse, someone playing with electronic devices or grown men sitting around hitting a trash can and listening to the bang of it. Does that play into it at all? It does. For some reason, it's funny that it's a trash can, and we associate trash cans, obviously, with trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, if they used a different mechanism to cheat, you know, if it wasn't banging on a trash can, I think the perception would be different. You know, I, I really do. Total Dallas. I know that perception is not going to be different. I believe he's a Rangers fan with this name. I will not cut the Astros a break unless they win another one. Okay. Does that even give them a – I don't even know if that settles things. They keep making runs. Yeah. They're making the World Series. Yes. They're making – getting there. They go to the ALCS like every year. And it's still not good <laughs> enough. Yeah. They're leading the league in, in, in hitting right now. They're still out there doing their thing. After losing Georgia, they're still, they haven't missed a step. Look, facts don't matter to these people. You know what I mean? Like – it's just it's snowballed into the, this massive thing to where they don't care, they don't believe it. Reality doesn't matter. Altuve has <laughs> vibrating shoes, and that's what tells him what pitches are coming. It's just ridiculous stuff. All the John Boy conspiracy theory stuff, you know that 
the video of Altuve, you know, running, in, you know, when he didn't want to open his shirt, he cut the video to where it looks like Altuve crossed home plate and ran directly into the tunnel. But in reality, he celebrated with his team for like a minute and a half before he went into the tunnel. But John Boy cut the video and made it look like he was hiding. But people don't know that. And they don't want to hear it, but they just think that's reality. And that's what's always going to sit there. Whether it's true or not, it's never going to go away. No. That's why I tell Astros fans, it's, it's like arguing the vaccine or not with someone. Yep. At this point, they're either for it or they're not. They're it's dug no, in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Either which way. Whatever side you, you, you're on, it's, you're not gonna, it's, it's a pointless situation or discussion. And that's what I find with this, with this Astros stuff. Everywhere I go, I, I mean, I, I always wear Astros hats every time I'm out of town and you hear him, especially when I'm on the West Coast. Someone will come by and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, great." Uh, you know, I hope you don't let your kids, your kids cheat. You know, that yeah, kind of stuff. ridiculous, right? On the other side, I, I want to talk about this. Uh, Ken Hoffman, who writes for Sports Map for us, his son went to the the Astros Dodgers game in Dodger Stadium uh, earlier this week with a bunch of his buddies, and they wore all their Astros gear. And on the other side, I'll tell you, you won't believe how this went down and how security got involved in, in all the madness they were dealing with. 45 minutes left in the show. This is Moneyline ESPN 97.5. When it comes to sports betting, sportsmapbets.com is the site you need. From weekly betting guides to single game breakdowns of the point spread, money line, over, under, and more, SportsMapBets has all the info you need to make the best play. SportsMapBets.com. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. It's Sunday morning. That's Josh Jordan. That's Dell, And I'm Jerry Poe. Hitting Twitch up right here because, man, that's all you got to do is talk about the Dodgers. And it gets everyone fired up. The Twitch numbers finally got up a little bit. You said Dodgers? Let's get talking about these Dodgers. B. Hannon says Dodger fans are the worst. Alex says they fight. Uh, they were fighting amongst themselves in security. Are they the most abrasive fan? Are they worse than Raider fan? It's close. It seems to all be in California, though, right? Like, yeah, o- Oakland can get a little scary. Definitely L.A. You know, myself, when I went and saw a Dodgers game in, like, 2007, there was uh, these two young girls, maybe in their 20s or 30s, and they were just sitting out in the outfield watching the game. It wasn't a full stadium, so they just, they just kind of had two seats together in the outfield, and nobody was really sitting around them, right? It was, a, it was a Dodgers-Mets game. And these two girls had on their Mets jerseys, and they were just sitting there kind of minding their own business, watching the game, you know, having a beer, eating a hot dog. And all these Dodger fans started moving over sections to where they were to proceed to just stand next to them and scream at them and heckle them and make them feel very unsafe for the entire game. And, and that's just, you know, a, a couple chicks that are Mets fans that are just minding their own business out in the stands. And Dodger fans got to get up, walk all the way over, and just stand next to them and scream at them just repeatedly. And I was just like, man, it's different here. <laughs> like, you would not see that in an Astros game. I can tell you one thing that we can control, and that's the – don't sell your tickets whenever the Dodgers are in town or the Yankees because you get a little bit more for that ticket, obviously. You saw them take over. The Dodgers took over the stadium. They took over Minute Maid that, that last time they were here. 
that cannot happen after you're seeing what's going on over there. Obviously, we're not. Don't be a knucklehead and and, and put your hands. Once you put your hands on someone, it, it, the the funny games are are done with. And that's what I'm seeing them do. It's different, and I still don't like it. But the heck, the yelling. If you when you go to purchase as an Astros fan, that you went to the to the to the schedule and you looked at the calendar and you were like, where you you did it with a grin on your face, like. <laughs> Yeah, Dodgers. I'm gonna wear my. I'm gonna wear this jersey. I'm gonna wear the matching shoes. Like, yep. so you brought it on yourself. Let's not act like victims, right? But also at the same time, you're not doing it to go in there and, and somebody put their hands on you. And that's what I saw. One guy was in there yelling, and all of a sudden he bonked him in the head. And it's like, what's? Go- and then all of a sudden here come the beers. Yeah. So it's like you're getting yourself into something where where you have to walk up those steps and beers can come from anywhere. And I'm seeing this guy just get hit random beers everywhere. And it's like. You got yourself into this, but at the same time, you're there to watch baseball. Yeah, you're, you know, you're just there to watch your team. You know, but you have to realize what comes with that. You know, and we teased it before the break. Ken Hoffman, who writes for us on SportsMapHouston.com, check out his stuff. He, he writes great stuff. This week, his son went to one of these games in L.A. and and repped all his Astros gear with his buddies. And they said, you know, Ken was getting texts from his son saying, like, man, this is getting. It's getting a little scary, getting a little real. You know, he's like, people are getting thrown out of here left and right. We were getting hit with beers and hot dogs the whole time. And at one point, the security came down and talked to him and said, like, look, guys, we can't, we can't protect you. You know, when this game ends, stay in your seats for 30 minutes, and then we're going to have security come over here and escort you out of the stadium. So that's what happened. They sat in their seats for like 30, 40 minutes after the game was over. Security comes over and, and surrounds all of them, escorts them out into the parking lot to a police car and then the police car takes them off property at dodger stadium and takes them all the way to sunset boulevard and if you've gone to dodger game it's not right in the middle of like downtown like dodger stadium is kind of far away from where all the action is on sunset strip it's it's a it's a good drive so for the police to take these Astros fans and drive them all the way to Sunset, and they dropped them off at a bar. But what was funny is they couldn't get in the bar because you had to have your vaccination card to prove <laughs> to get in the bar. So they got driven all the way over there, and then they couldn't even go in the bar. What is this, Green Street Hooligans, <laughs> the old school movie? If you're not familiar with that, it's it's turning into like almost a soccer world. Where in, I mean, I'm a big soccer fan, and I'm, I'm from South America. So I've seen some things, you know, when sure. Colombia – Plays Argentina, it's uh anything goes. It, it really that's just bags of urine being thrown, oh, just gross it, stuff. It gr- I mean, and people were getting hurt. People were getting th- pushed down those steps. I mean, I've seen people jump. I, I haven't been there, but I've heard of people jump off stadiums um, in Argentina. Just it's it's bad. It's it's. I never expected that though. Like when you think of that, you think of hooligans. Yeah, literally, that's what you think. You think of them. Of, of people walking down the street and fighting, meeting up, you know, one fan base against another. That's what's going on overseas in Brazil. Yeah. It's real, real. It, it, it happens in club games. You know, Grêmio's playing Flamingo. Someone's going to die. I mean, referees know? have been killed, right? Stuff oh, like that has happened. Man, I've seen referees leave mid-game and, and people running after him. I'm talking about where the referee's running for his life. He's telling the linemen, let's, he's rounding them up. Let's get up out of here. You have to. It's, it's, it's different over there. And that's what we're saying over there, talking about other sports and other countries. But whenever you're starting to see it here, and it's like, at what point? Because now, it's, like I said, okay, Astros fans, don't, don't sell your tickets. But within 
I'm also not saying don't treat them like they treat us, but but then what are you going to let them take over the state? So it's like a thin line. It's like, do you sit there? We saw the fight go down where where there, there was a baby right there, and then it yeah. was, but then it was two on one. So then we asked, did the one guy really go at the two, or did the two maybe say something to him? And he stood up and he said, "Man, I ain't scared of both of you." Like we don't know how that went down, but now all of a sudden, I don't want to also play victim and say, "Man, there was a baby." Because yeah. if we if the Astros fan would have whooped him, then no one would even have mentioned the baby. It was like, hey, we've we got to ask, we've got to bring up something. And that's why I say it's got to be a common ground. Either it's just, it's just bad, man. If you want to take your kids to this, I saw when they that's, were, yeah, when they were throwing those beer cans and people were like, there's a kid right there. Yeah. There's a kid. I mean, imagine that if you're running out with your, shielding your kid, but at the same time, when you went to, when you saw it was Dodgers Astros, if you're going to play naive and say, "Man, I didn't know this was going down," you knew damn well that that's not the game you take your kids to. Not no. not in 2021. No, but that's the problem, right? Major League Baseball has a huge issue that all their fans are really old. You know, they're trying to appeal to more young people to to grow the sport. But if you don't feel like it's safe to take your kid to a baseball game, how are you going to get them into baseball? Alex says, um, or they're talking about the uh, the last Cowboys regular season trip here. You remember that was a big fight in the parking lot. Yes. It was there was all types of social media fights inside the stadium. I actually know one the girl. It was her cousin, the one that punched that dude, in his, and he fell. He hit his head on the curb. That guy is in jail now. Really? Yeah, because they ended up tracing him. That guy fell. He punched the guy one time. The guy ended up falling, hitting his head on the curb. That guy's got brain damage. So they ended up finding that cousin, and he's in jail from that from that uh, from that game. It's crazy. I mean, these things get out of hand. Do you remember when the Astros were playing the Yankees in Yankee Stadium? Remember that video where the guy was just at the urinal in his Astros gear, just going to the bathroom, and Yankee fans were taking their their full beers and just. You know, throwing him at him, hitting him in the back. Anything with the goes at yeah. the stadium now. Yeah. I mean, the guy's just going to the bathroom. He's got his thing out, and you're pelting him with beer cans. I mean, that's but that's the reality. Jermaine breaks up a good point. They changed the tailgating rules to require a ticket after. Yes, that. you remember at first it was it was free game. Yeah. It was it was it was crazy out there, and then all of a sudden they changed the rules, and you're thinking, man, why do I need a ticket to get in here? Yeah. It was because it got too crazy. People were showing up, and it was. Man, it was a it was a Royal Rumble out there. I remember that specific game, and you knew because it was right when the schedule came out. You knew, like, man, there's gonna be someone's gonna get hurt that day, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. Someone got hurt. A it few did. people, few people ended up in jail. This year, they'll be lucky to have eleven people out there tailgating. To fight, it's gonna each be other. very different. Yeah, because nobody's gonna care. Yeah. Then I'm like, bro, it's three of us here watching the game. What are we gonna fight for? <laughs> yeah. Let's go get some nachos and a beer. I'll buy. Yeah, <laughs> like it's only three of us. I'll buy. As long as they don't run into Easter Bee, everything should probably be fine. It's it's. I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long year. We know that as Texans fans, we know they're struggling to sell season tickets. You know, I. I don't know if the tailgating is going to be so hot this year. I will say this. People might be excited to to get back to football. You know, since last year, most of the fans couldn't come. But, man, with this new wave of COVID, you know, I, I wonder if we, we you know, we'll still see people with, you know, just jammed in there tailgating and, and going to games. I, I really wonder. What if they still go tailgate, but they don't go in the game? Because you get, you get a lot of that. A yeah. lot of people are like, man, I'll just tailgate and watch it in here. And you still might get that. They're not actually contributing to going in the stadium, but they set up, have a party. Yeah, they're not up. spending money on concessions, right? And But a lot of those, you've seen those setups out there. A lot of those guys have TVs and satellite TV. They don't have to go in the stadium to watch the oh, game. Oh, those are $100,000 of uh, trucks and yeah. trailers they're putting out there. Multiple TVs, bars. They got little bars in them. 
Yeah. It's a party out there. Yep. And they, they're starting early. They're, they're in line at 6.30 a.m. To, to get first, to get one of the best parking spots. It's turned in, into an entire uh, process on game day. On game day, you know, if, you, if you're tailgating, you got to be out there about 6.37. You're out there barbecuing. But you think by noon, you're thinking, you, I'm going in the game? You're already sauced up. You're, thinking, yeah. you're saying, man, I'm just going to chill right here. They got satellites and everything. It's I was a big fan of it. I was, I, I haven't been as of late. I just I, I, not because the Texans' success, or not because I, I don't think that has anything to do with the tailgate. Honestly, I think people are still going to be out there for the tailgate. You've seen it year after year, except for this season. People are selling their tickets, their regular season tickets, and they'll be like, "Hey, I'll give them to you at face value." Yeah, of course, because yeah. you don't want to pay for them this year. You thought Watson was going to be here. Guarantee you, if Watson announced today that he's playing, all those people are going to take those things down. Like, no, these tickets just went up. Yeah. I mean, of course, that's it's a much better product. Obviously, we're probably not going to see that this year. I, I, I wonder how, how excited are fans going to be to come out and see Tyrod Taylor. But to your point, they're coming out for the party. They're not really coming out as much to, to watch the Texans. They, they just want to hang out and drink and eat barbecue. Or like Alex makes a great point, you leave like at halftime when the Texans were real bad. Yeah. You know, at halftime you start saying, do I, do I, get a, do I keep paying beers in here? Do I just go to... Let's go outside. I got plenty of beer and barbecue still cooking. Let's get back out there. And you would see that. You would see a lot of fans. It would get progressively empty. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they'd announce sellouts, and then you're looking at the stadium, and you're like, it's half full. You know, like that. you may be selling all the tickets, but all the people aren't coming. Those tailgates, those, those, some of those trucks, right, like they're, they're amazing. Oh, I mean, yeah. They, they had like a Jaeger one out there one year. That's the bad, worst thing you want to do is start hitting Jaeger before a before a Texans game. I learned the I learned the hard way. They're out, they're passing around Jaeger nine a.m. You know, you know, like nine a.m. Think about that. If you're out there listening right now, you can probably smell Jaeger just by me talking about it. Nine a.m. At noon comes around, you didn't really eat that much either. You're thinking, man, what did I do to myself? You're hot sweating, right? You're just 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 pouring sweat all over yourself, and you're thinking, I'm not going to make it to halftime. Meanwhile, your friend's sitting there bringing you beers, and you're thinking, like, I cannot – That I've been in that position, Jaeger. Yeah, and some people are still hungover from the night before, you know. So, And you, you probably need some booze if you're going to watch the Texans this year. It's it's not going to be an exciting team, guys. Unfortunately, it's it's a rebuilding year, and we just have to kind of accept that. I'm curious if, if this is going to be the first year that the, that the team actually feels it. I'm not going to say so much in the pockets, but in the pockets somewhat. I know that – I mean, what jersey – what jersey sale are you really anxious to go get? None. That, that, we talked about that the other day. There's just no superstars on the team. Anymore. Like who? Like old JJ Watt person that, that that got the new JJ every year. Like what are they going to get this year? Do you go to tons? Of, like how many people are out there? How many people do you see walking around with an offensive lineman jersey? <laughs> <laughs> not like, many it may be zach cunningham will sell some jerseys at linebacker like let's be real you like, know but that's about it brandon cooks maybe uh, you know when's the last time you saw somebody walking around with an offensive lineman jersey you're like, you hardly ever see it so then you know what uh, cooks uh, how many cooks people are gonna buy cooks who are you gonna buy you gonna you gotta be a big texans fan to have a brandon cooks jersey you know what, what i mean so like who, seriously who do you invest in you're you're, you're at the you're thinking at the store, like, man, these are some decisions. Like, he, David Johnson, he might not even be. You're thinking, Lindsey. You said, man, these are decisions. Let me just go with a throwback. Yeah. 
<laughs> Aaron Foster jersey or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you get a Miller, the tight end yeah. on, on sale. You're like, I'll just take this one for thirteen dollars. You know, it's funny. I went. They discounted the Andre Johnson jerseys at Academy right after he was released from the team. So I went and got like a, a nice uh, Andre Johnson jersey at Academy for like ten or fifteen bucks because you know he was off the team and I'd always wanted one. You know, he was my favorite player. So I was like. Cool. I don't care that he's not on the team anymore. He's Andre Johnson. I'm always going to think Texans when I see. He can always Andre. be a throwback. Yeah. But you know who can't be Cushing. Like <laughs> the Cushing jersey, you got to let that live for about ten more years and then pull it out and be like, man, he played. Like it's it's too soon. It's too soon to be a throwback. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like yeah. I'm not even sure you could ever throw back Cushing. Like, you, you forget about him. He was a popular player, man, and he had some great seasons. That first season, yeah. but then he got busted the very next yeah. season uh, for, for 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 being on the needle. Yep. So that's what I'm saying. Just Cushing guy out there, Romo guy. You need to put that one up because you see Romo guy out there still walking around. You think you you got to let that you got to let a few quarterbacks go by. A few quarterbacks go by after Dak, another quarterback, then you pull Romo back out. Yeah, you can like rock a Troy Aikman right now. That's that, that'd I'm, be fine. A few quarterbacks have gone by. Yeah, I don't know what what comp- makes something a throwback, but it's just some of these are too soon. I'm like, no, you're just lazy. I don't even think you know the guy doesn't even play here. You know, at certain moment you're like, you know, he doesn't play here anymore. Right? The Hopkins. Okay, I still see a lot of Hopkins. How do you feel about yeah. that? Because I'm, I'm I'm saying, man, you're just being lazy now. You're tr- you're trying to show your fan, but. But then are you because – Well, maybe you're showing how unhappy you are with the team for, for trading him for basically nothing. You know, like that maybe that's kind of your statement. You wear your, your D-hop jersey. Total Dallas says he has a Quincy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> that's real old school, man. A Fairbairn. Yeah, a Fairbairn jersey. I mean – I've seen a Leckler jersey, believe it or not. D'Amico Ryans. That's a good one. Got to get it personalized. I've never been a fan of the personalized. I've just never been just skip. What about the bedazzled jerseys? You like those? <laughs> just get just like a pink one yeah. with a bunch of just diamonds, just, just whatever on it. I mean, at this point, like I said, I just I don't know what's considered, but Cushing guy put it up, Romo guy put it up. Uh, give it a few years and and then and then bring that bad boy out. I'm with you. Thirty minutes left in the show. Two segments. Let's get back to some football. Let's get back to those preseason stats that I promise. I'm paying that off next on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Give you some trends preseason-wise, because I'm a degenerate at heart. So I'm trying to find any kind of angles. And this is the angle that comes up every single season since John Harbaugh has been coach of the Baltimore Ravens. 37-12 and 12 straight up in the preseason. He went 75% of the time. The last time they lost a game in the preseason, the Baltimore Ravens, was 2015. Wow. Think about that. 17-game preseason winning streak. I wonder if there's anything he does different than other coaches. Does he maybe play his starters a little more than they do? I wonder if there's a reason for that. That's a great point. That's one thing that he does. It leaves him a little bit more extended time, but then also the way that he, I guess, approaches it mentally. He like he says, we like to win. The haters out there are going to have 
their own little snide comments, I think winning is better than losing. Let them talk. So at this point, he, he thinks momentum he also threw out there. It builds some kind of momentum. It builds some kind of trust. It does. And look, I like that Mike Tomlin was playing some of his starters the other night in the Hall of Fame game. And you love that mentality like, you know, hey, yeah, let's get Najee Harris out here. Let him face some real, real NFL players, see what he looks like, get some reps. But that goes out the window if one of your main dudes gets hurt. Chase you know? Claypool yeah, came up. Yeah. Everyone's heart dropped. <gasps> what? And then, uh, and then all of a sudden you see him celebrating on a big run. I'm like, all right, he's yep. hopping around. He could be, all right. Now, I say straight up, but good teams win, great teams cover. Well, he covers in 69% of the time, 33 and 15. If you've bet $100 on every game of that preseason since he started, you'll be up 1622 Nice. So John Harbaugh, preseason, the Ravens, that's one thing that sticks out. Another one, over-unders. If you see the over-under come out and it drops one to two points, anywhere in that range, if you see it drop right when it comes out, usually 58% of the time it goes under. So it says that, Usually the first money that and the heavy money that's usually sharp money. It's telling you that those sharp betters are usually right as far as totals in the preseason. So if it drops one to two points, the total right when it comes out, go ahead and, and you can ride fifty eight percent of the time that that wins. That's interesting. So basically, just moment, uh, just 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 steam. There's so many different ways to look at the preseason. I mean, we know that. Like, Matthew Stafford's not even going to touch the field. You saw you know? that. Yeah, they came out and talked about that. It's it, it's interesting to me why coaches do it the way they do it. But I get why Harbaugh, he, we have a culture of winning. We're going to go out there, we're going to play, we're going to win. A few other ones that feel winning might be important in the preseason. John Gruden, he's 69%, 18-8 in the preseason against the spread. Mike Zimmer, also 17-8, 68% winner. On the other hand, though, when you talk some of the best coaches, period, all the, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid have to pop up. They look at it on the other end. If you fade Bill Belichick in the preseason, you've won 56% of your bets. If you fade Andy Reid, you've won 55% of the time. So in other words, Andy Reid doesn't put that much emphasis in winning in the preseason, and neither does Bill Belichick, two coaches that are considered some of the best. And see, I would... I want to protect my guys, right? It's like certain guys, I don't even want them on the field, but you do have to play some of your players here. I mean, you, you, you got to get up some reps. We brought up the Patriots there just real quickly. Max Kellerman is calling the Patriots the dark horse to win the Super Bowl. Are you buying that at all? I mean, anytime you throw the Patriots, like, it's too soon. We talked about too soon with the jersey. Mm-hmm. We're throwing them into – and I'm not going to bring them up. Someone uh, called them underdogs last year. They were playing with the underdog mentality or, or the, the year before last, Brady's last year there. Mm-hmm. They're playing with their underdog mentality. What are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Now you're just trying to dig narratives. I'm not saying that. I mean, would it would it be a somewhat of a surprise? Yeah, I guess. But would it be that crazy of a surprise? Like, I just don't see it. That it's not that crazy, far fetched to me. You don't think so? So you think? Well, I'll even take Super Bowl off the table. You think they have a chance to win that division? The Bills are so good. And when I say that, though, are Am I trusting the Bills that much? Are they that good to to, to paint them at minus one fifty? Let's put it in gambling terms. Yeah, at minus one fifty to win the division is that a good bet on the Bills? Are they proven to that, or are they just sexy and and they're fun? And then Josh Allen just got his money, and we're going to start there. Now he gets paid. Does that do anything for the team? Are you 
Would you rather get minus money and, and, and have to put more money, 150 to win 100 on the Bills, or would you rather put 100 to win three or 400, you know, 300 on the Patriots to win the division? Look, I love the value, but for me, I just I think the Patriots are – I think Belichick might retire after this year. I am I'm, I'm maybe the lowest person you'll find on the Patriots. But I do worry, to your point with Josh Allen, was that – season that he just had an outlier or is he really like a top three quarterback in this league moving forward well let's talk about going back to that draft if you look at it now and now all these other guys one lamar jackson one baker mayfield those teams are gonna have to make decisions now mm-hmm. now the baseline is set and and that's a high line that they set the baseline for those quarterbacks can Baker come to the table and say he deserves more than that? Probably not. I don't think so. But can Lamar Jackson come to the table and say, yeah, he can say he can compete with that. He can at least say, hey, I'm somewhere in there. Baker might have to talk talk a little bit more like, hey, me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that far off. Like you made a great point. The Texans were ahead of the ball when they made the move with the. That's a bargain now. Now, if you think yeah. of, of the timing of the of the Deshaun Watson uh, deal, if if that was still on the table now, and Deshaun was happy here and he was going to be the quarterback, you would be thinking, man, they got a hell of a deal. And at that time, it was a question of him or Dak getting money first. Yes. When the when the Texans struck first, you said, well, now the Cowboys got to now Dak's got to go to the table and say. Well, Watson just got paid. Where do I compare to him? Which some people can have that comparable. Both, neither of them had this great success. No, right? They had, they've had their moments. But how do you compare Baker to Josh Allen? Because now we're talking a maximum value of two hundred and eighty-eight million, forty-eight million per year, and he passes up everyone in the most fully guaranteed money. And that's the Dak Prescotts of the world at ninety-five, Matt Ryan ninety-four point five, even Mahomes. Let's think about when we when we heard that Mahomes deal that we were like, how long was that? Like, yeah. like is this real life? Think about that. Now you got Allen. And when you talk about 20 years from now, I, I know that we'll remember one Patrick Mahomes. We'll, we'll remember Josh Allen. My only concern is before he had this great year, remember the knock on him when he was scattershot, you know, with the way he threw the ball. He, you know, he was pretty inaccurate down the field, even though he had a great arm. He had issues with accuracy, and we saw him get a lot better this year at that. Is that a, is that a change that's going to continue, or does he slip back to maybe being a little more wild? The other point with Baker Mayfield, to me, he's more of a game manager. With Josh Allen, I feel like he's running the offense. They don't run the ball that much or very well. He, he like, sneaks a he's, lot. Yeah, he's their guy. 75% completion percentage, so it's all there. Going into the draft, though, that was just the red flag, yeah. accuracy. He can make throws that none of these other guys can make. But his accuracy is not there. If he can get accurate, he'll be all right. That's what he is now. He got paid. Yep. There goes. He's the hero now. Yeah, he is the hero. Moneyline's got one more segment left. We're going to go ahead and leave you in the hands of a winner. I got that next here on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Our man NY Native says, maybe it's a mistake that they paid him so early. Do you go out and pay a a quarterback with only one uh, productive season? He says, Josh Allen's getting paid for one good year. I feel that was a mistake to pay him this much without back-to-back productive seasons. 
it's a lot of money. At least whenever you, you handed that money to Mahomes, for example, there's not a doubt in your mind that he was going to produce for that money. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that there's a doubt as far as Josh Allen because I think that his ability to run and, and the, the amount of times that he gets in the end zone and, and what they use him for and the way he's built, that's what they paid him for. He's their offense. I mean, he's... I mean, they don't, they don't have much of a running game. They don't run it that much, and then he uses his legs. He's got a huge arm. That, that's the thing, though, right, is that debate. Do you pay the guy a little bit early so that maybe the contract is a little smaller, kind of like the Texans did with Deshaun? Now Deshaun's deal looks very reasonable compared to Josh Allen's deal because they paid him early. But then if you wait, sometimes you price yourself out of it. A, a franchise quarterback, you can't risk letting him get away. You, you just can't. And whenever we're talking about the uh, guaranteed money, because like I said, a lot of numbers getting thrown out there, but the way that these deals are structured now, sometimes they back in them. Some some are fully guaranteed right off the top. But again, check this out: hundred million is fully guaranteed at the signing. One hundred and ten in two thousand twenty-two. It's one hundred and forty million by two thousand twenty-three. One hundred and sixty-two point five by two thousand twenty-four. By twenty-five, it becomes one hundred and seventy-seven point five million guaranteed. But the cap is going to continue to go up. You know, so that's something you have to factor in as well. And that's something that a lot of these players are, are going to have to factor in the, the negotiations because last year, if you were in that predicament, it was like, would you give them a team-friendly deal? Are teams going to spin? And then we saw during the preseason, teams were spinning, uh, in yeah. particular the, the, the Chiefs. Yeah. They, they threw, Kelsey, you want to get paid? Here. Mahomes, you want to get paid? Here. They weren't, I and mean, a lot of people were being scared about how much money you spend. You still see them. Chubb just got paid. People are getting paid. They are. And with the Chiefs, I think they went back to Mahomes and re-massaged his contract to make room for the rebuild offensive line. Because Mahomes, Mahomes wants to win. That's why he took the amount he took, because he wanted to give the Chiefs you know, some salary cap room to, to put some talent around him. He gets it. We talked about Tom Brady always taking less for all these years because he wanted a good team around him. He wanted to win. And Mahomes, he wants the same thing. He sees that he has an opportunity to to have a nice little run here, maybe win a few more Super Bowls. And I think, though, the only way that you can make one of those deals is to, if you 100% know that, that like Mahomes is never leaving Kansas City. I don't think he – I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. We never thought Montana was going to leave. There's certain guys you're – Manning, you never thought that he would leave. So anything can happen. Don't get me wrong. But from the looks of it, Mahomes is going to be there for, for the next eight years, ten yeah. years. So then you can make choices. You can do it like that whenever Mahomes is committed to organization. He says, you know, I know I'm going to be here in eight years. Go ahead and pay me. Backload it. You know, let, let's, let's, yeah. let's move some things around so then we can get these next two or three years. I could get a line going. Uh, let me share some of that money. Go ahead and throw it to the back. However they go ahead and do it. That's why it's so hard, the writing uh, into these uh, contracts, because there's so much ways that you can move things around. Oh, no doubt about it. And I think Mahomes sees an opportunity where, you know, Kelsey's in his 30s now. You know, like this is his time to to get some Super Bowls while he still has, you know, an elite tight end like Travis Kelsey. Diggs was uh, Allen saving grace last year. Uh, the same could be said for, 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 for Diggs. You know, both of them saved each other. They needed each other. Yeah. What does Emmanuel Sanders do this year for that offense? Uh, an offense that Cole Beasley asking the world for all the smoke and, he, and he, he's down for it. He had over 80 catches. He did. You know, he was a player in PPR last year that was, very effective and you know he he cost you almost nothing but you know you worry with with all the covid protocols if beasley's going to be there for the long haul um you know i i think they're going to be a good offense i really do sanders is a, is a nice fit there and they throw the ball a ton 
They're they're not going to run it very much. Are they too sexy now, though? Or are they too pretty? Like, are they too much of a, a public favorite now? Eleven wins this season. Yeah, I mean, we all overreact to recency bias, right? There's all a little bit of that. So, yeah, I mean, I I still think they're going to be a good playoff team no matter what. Ten to one to win it all? That's a little steep, right? Yeah. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> right? Know, like, right? Like the Buffalo Bills, ten to one? That's a team that's always like 25 to one. Whenever you see a number rise like that and, and it doesn't make sense, you ask yourself, has they become too much of a public favorite? Like people are loving that, Bills. They love that. It's pretty. It's fun to bet on the Bills. Yeah, let's go ahead and get them at 10 to 1. That's no value in that. No. Remember a couple of years ago that the Browns were the darlings, right? Everybody thought the Browns were going to be great. And they had a down year. And then last year, they, they actually did live up to expectations. Real quick before we get out of here, um, we're doing a fantasy football draft at Revelry on Richmond on August 20th. Uh, Jerry, you want to kind of let everybody know? We're looking for some people to come draft live for us yeah, and so with ch- us. Check it out. On the 20th, um, the station's going to be having live broadcasting there. We will start about 3.30 or 4. First 10 people. We're also going to put it on our uh, on the Twitter page for Moneyline, so check it out. If you want in, come out and have some drinks, eat some food, listen to ESPN 97.5 there live from Reverie on Richmond. It'll be on the 20th. And it'll be, uh, we're going to say 3.30 because that means people will get there by 4. Yeah, so at Moneyline97.5 on Twitter, if, you, if you're interested in playing with us. We don't know if there'll be a prize yet. We'll determine that later. I'll figure something out. We'll, we'll get you a prize out. for sure. Yeah, so we'll figure that out. But you have to be able to be there in person. So if, if you can't make it that day, don't you know? Don't bother reaching out. you got to be able to be there in person. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to draft together. Jerry and, I, uh, Jerry and I are going to play in the league with the listeners so it's going to be fun. So definitely reach out at Moneyline975 if you can make it on August 20th. We'll try to fill it this week on uh, Twitter. If we don't get it filled, we will talk about it again next week and give you a chance to get in on this, uh, some throughout the show. Give us a call. We'll put you down. But on the 20th, again, it's our first fantasy league. We'll have some more, though, at some point. We'll give you the details on that. But for now, we got to get out of here. You got to get to that barbecue pit. Put some meat on there. Put some put some ribs on there. Pour up a good vodka and get to gambling because Moneyline is over and we want to say thank you so much. We appreciate you for listening every week, but it's time to get out of here. Checking off for the squad. That's Josh Jordan. That's Dell, And I'm Jerry Bonos with S. Peace. and 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Real fun sports.